Now podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 183 of the Ortho Valpal podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis, and today we are going to hammer down talking about hammer toes. We're going to discuss the causes of hammer toes and mallet toes. We'll be talking about some of the symptoms. We'll go through some of the risk factors and also going to be talking about how to treat these conservatively and so much more. But if you don't mind just holding for a moment, we're going to hear a word from our sponsors. Did you know that over 90% of foot and ankle problems are caused by a tight calf muscle? Introducing the Easy Slant, a durable, adjustable, and portable calf stretching device. The Easy Slant was designed to increase stretching compliance and get you back on your feet and feeling better faster. So if you work with patients seeking to ease or avoid foot pain or clients who want to improve their athletic performance, look no further. Visit EasySlant.com to learn more or order yours today. Enter coupon code OEP for a 10% discount on your first Easy Slant. Welcome back. So we're going to be talking about hammer toes and mallet toes today, and they're very similar. And, uh, you know, what you have here is a basically a deformity of the toes, and we've always considered them a deformity of the toes. And we've always thought, well, you know what, once you have it, you just have to deal with it. And you really don't need to because these are treatable conservatively and surgically, and uh, they can really make your life a lot better when you can get them under control. So, you know, many people blame their parents for their hammer toes, their their hallux valgus, their bunions, you know, whatever it might be. When it comes to the foot, it seems like everything gets blamed on mom and dad. Um, but there is some truth to that. It can be uh, hereditary. And uh, we can, you know, sometimes see this in people who wear a very tight box shoes, you know, a tight toe box and high heels. Uh, so, so what is the hammer toe, okay? It's an abnormal bend. In the PIP joint, okay, usually between the second, third, and fourth toes. And a mallet toe affects most oftentimes the distal interphalangeal joint or that distal DIP joint of the toes. Now, some of the symptoms are simply pain in in all those toe joints. So the DIP, PIP, and even um, you'll get some discomfort just proximal to that and sometimes in the tip of the toe. And that's because of the positioning or the driving of that tip of that toe down into the bottom of the shoe. And um, you will also see some discomfort over the dorsum of those IP joints because when the um, toe is really flexed, it pushes the dorsum up and that joint hits the top of the shoe and rubs there and can, you know, cause a lot of callousing, blistering, breakdown. Um, very dangerous for people who are diabetic and at high risk of infection uh, when they have hammer toes. So they really need to be addressed. And it's very important that, um, you know, they don't get that, that trauma and friction to them. Yeah, people will complain of a lot of stiffness in their toes and a lot of difficulty when walking. And so it's very, very common. I just recently saw a, a sweet lady. She was about 80 years old and had hammer toes on both feet. Came to me for plantar fasciitis, but she really had no plantar fascia discomfort whatsoever. Her big complaint was that the tops of her toes, the, the dorsal aspect of the IP joints were you know, rubbing on her shoe, causing a, a significant amount of pain. She was having a hard time walking. She wanted to be more active, but couldn't just because of her hammer toes. And um, so, we, you know, we, we took a look at her and I will go through some of the 
you know, the causes of hamartomas here as we go along. But, you know, you oftentimes have a muscle imbalance where your flexor digitorum overpowers your extensor digitorum. And so therefore it pulls the toes into flexion and the tops pop up and the toes come in closer to the uh, metatarsal phalangeal joint. And so, you know, tightness in that flexor digitorum and even in the gastroxoleus complex really forces the toes to put a lot of pressure when you're in that terminal stance phase of gait. Um, this can be a hereditary issue, like I mentioned earlier. And people who wear tight-fitting shoes, especially when they are high-heeled, um, really it just compresses all those toes together and they have to go somewhere. And sometimes as a result, especially when you're in a high-heeled shoe, all those flexor tendons become a little more shortened. So when you're out of that shoe, they really pull hard. Hard and drive the toes down into the uh, into the bottom of the shoe. If you have a longer second or third toe, sometimes uh, that will compensate and start to flex just to kind of get out of the way. We see this more in people who have high arches or a pes cavus type foot, and you can see it with different neurologic issues out there also. So one thing to note is that some people can have a flexible hammer toe and other people have rigid hammer toes and usually it starts as flexible and then if if left unchecked and untreated they become rigid and then they become very very difficult to treat so it's very important to try to identify hammer toes early on so that you can start to treat them and prevent them from getting so tight and becoming rigid where um, they become very very painful and incapacitating. So how do I like to treat hammer toes? Well, first thing I do is I look at the shoe wear, okay? So we, we oftentimes wear shoes that are too tight for us or sometimes get into cute shoes or good-looking shoes, uh, you know, business-type shoes. They may be really uh, narrow in the toe box and push the toes together, and that toe box may not be deep enough from bottom to top, okay? So we look for a shoe that has a, a deeper toe box, maybe one that is a little bit on the wider side. And then the the really important part here is to make sure that material on the top of the shoe, just above the toes, is not a very hard material, like a hard, um, uh, you know, uh, like leather material or a hard plastic or anything that has been sewn over the area. So something with a mesh over the top can be much more comfortable or something with a very soft material can really help those folks. Um, I'm big on stretching the gastroxoleus complex. So this lady that I had, um, we got right on a flexibility program and we put her on a slant board. She was stretching three times a day and noticed immediate improvement. And she had tried a lot of different things before starting to stretch. It's important to use a slant board. I do not like it when people stretch off of the edge of a step because that causes too much trauma to the metatarsal phalangeal joint and it strains the bottom of the foot. I've seen people actually injure themselves doing that stretch. Um, so I'm a huge proponent of slant board stretching. It's just a nice even distribution all the way throughout the foot when you do the stretch. I also like to stretch the flexor digitorum. So, you know, as a therapist, I stretched this lady passively into extension, straightened out those toes. So she was flexible, but they were getting tight. And so um, did a lot of stretching into uh, extension of the toes, and she tolerated that really well. You can also stretch this by... Um, 
having the leg straight out in front of you and putting a towel underneath your calf and have that towel wrap around the heel all the way around the plantar surface of the foot and back up around the toes coming toward your face. Then you grab a hold of that towel and you pull back and that stretches those toes into extension, gets the big toe into extension, plus it stretches that gastroxoleus out a little bit. So those are all nice ways to uh, get that you know area stretched out. I'm huge on doing orthotics with a metatarsal pad and I will include a couple videos and one very specific to how I like to treat uh, hammer toes with an orthotic and with a metatarsal pad. I'll show you exactly where to put that pad and um, it is so rewarding to do this because you you can demonstrate to the patient exactly why this works. And so when they get the orthotic, you see this immediate improvement and it can be very, very helpful. Um, If you cannot gain dorsiflexion, Okay, you can end up with too much flexor tightness. And, and sometimes people have, you know, a fusion at the ankle or some arthritis there, or they just cannot improve that mobility with flexibility exercises. They may be a good candidate for a rocker bottom type shoe, and that will take a little bit of a load off of that forefoot and off of those toes. Now, some people like to do taping and do some, you know, little splinting with the toes so that one strap basically goes over the top of the toe and it pulls it down. Um, I've never really had much success with that. Number one, it fills the shoe even more around the toes, and those straps don't generally stay in the right place. If you do taping well, patients have a hard time taping themselves. That's where I have much better success with an orthotic. Uh, so, you know, some people may like to, to do the small splints and that's that's fine if they can be comfortable with it, but I find those work best with people who are fairly inactive. Um, if the hammer toes or mallet toes become a little too rigid, what happens is the tips of those toes drive into the bottom of the shoe and insert really hard. Um, you can develop callusing, blistering. You can uh, develop breakdown and ulceration of those toes. So if you, your patient is diabetic, you need to be careful that they don't uh, develop a breakdown there. So oftentimes I'll do an orthotic and make little cutouts and put a really soft material inside those cutouts so the toes don't push against any hard material. And that can help uh, take a load off and decrease their risk of, of injury there. But oftentimes, you know, if they get really you know, rigid and they're very painful. Uh, surgery is in the works and uh, these are, are, you know, always uh, are fairly successful, uh, but it's surgery. And so you know, oftentimes we can avoid that if we address hammer toes and mallet toes early enough. So just keep an eye out for that. And um, I hope that the uh, some of the tips we gave you today can be helpful in treating your patients with hammer toes and mallet toes. And you do not need to uh, live with those the rest of your life. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, they Uh, you know, you can help these people with these issues and, you know, get them back to a better quality of life and more activity. So folks, I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you have any questions, please make sure to send those to me and I will get them on the show and uh, we will have a nice uh, discussion about it. Again, don't forget to check out orthoevalpal.com where we have a lot of educational material for you in regards to orthopedic evaluations and even some treatment. And don't forget to check out our YouTube channel where we are uploading content, several times a week now uh, to help you become a better medical provider in the realm of orthopedic evaluations because, again, we want to evaluate patients really well so we can give a better treatment plan. So, again, folks, thank you very much. I hope you all have a great day. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.